Hello, and welcome to Her Mighty Surrender. This is Therese Picola. And if you've been following along, you know that I've been sharing my story of going through spiritual warfare. Um, Today, we're going to talk about something that's a little sensitive, and we're going to be cautious not to go into too many details, but I think it's important um, to take this pause in the story to talk a little bit about the occult. Um, We are definitely going to pray and um, ask Jesus to cover us with his precious blood, and um, this way we can have this conversation clear of any distractions. So let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, united with your mystical body, the Church, and in union with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we gather to praise, adore, and glorify you. Before time you existed, co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through you all things were created, the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. The cosmos and all it contains was created by the Father through you and in the Holy Spirit. Nothing would exist without you, and nothing remains in being without you. You alone have dominion over every created thing. To you then, our Lord and Master, we raise our voices in prayer and supplication. Watch over us and keep us safe in your care. By your power, over all things, render deaf, dumb, blind, and utterly impotent any and all evil spirits who would seek to harm us. By the power of your most precious blood, purify and sanctify us, this podcast, and all who hear it. Grant that the words, thoughts, ideas, and movements of our hearts shared in this program may glorify you, the one true God, and help us grow in virtue and holiness. Heavenly Father, your boundless, relentless love for us is made manifest in the incarnation of Jesus, your Son. Through him, you have expiated our sins and claimed us as your own. Please hear and grant our prayers offered to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, intercede for us. Okay, so like I said, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the occult because I think it's important that people understand some of the things that fall under this category and um, that it's important to um, to stay away from, from these doors that we can open in this way. So occult basically means supernatural or mystical magic or using magic powers. And that in itself, you say, okay, well, that's really kind of make-believe or, you know, fantasy or whatever. But unfortunately, it goes beyond that. And there is, um, there is some... There's some heavy, heavy evil spirits that are attached um, to occult activities. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but I want to read from the catechism, and I think this is really important. It's, this might be familiar to most of you, but I think reading this helps us um, confirm the importance of of staying away from things that are um, keeping us distracted and not putting our eyes towards God. The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. So in the catechism under this section, um, 2110, we're going to look at what this means. 
The first commandment forbids honoring gods other than the one Lord who has revealed himself to his people. It proscribes superstition and irreligion. Superstition, in some sense, represents a perverse excess of religion. Irreligion is the vice contrary by defect to the virtue of religion. So superstition. Superstition is the deviation of religious feeling and of the practices this feeling imposes. It can even affect the worship we offer the true God. For example, when one attributes an importance in some way magical to certain practices otherwise lawful or necessary. To attribute, attribute the, excuse me, to attribute the efficacy of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance, apart from the interior dispositions that they demand, is to fall into superstition. And then it goes on to also talk about idolatry, and I think that one is a little bit, um, it's it's more self-explanatory, but I did want to read um, this section, Divination and Magic. God can reveal the future to his prophets or to other saints. Still, a sound Christian attitude consists in putting oneself confidently into the hands of providence for whatever concerns the future and giving up all unhealthy curiosity about it. Improvidence, however, can constitute a lack of responsibility. All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. All practices of magic or sorcery by which one attempts to tame occult powers so as to place them at one service and have a supernatural power over others, even if this were for the sake of restoring their health, are gravely contrary to the virtue of religion. These practices are even more to be condemned when accompanied by the intention of harming someone or when they have recourse to the intervention of demons. Wearing charms is also reprehensible. Spiritism often implies divination or magical practices. The church, for her part, warns the faithful against it. Recourse to so-called traditional cures does not justify either the invocation of evil powers or the exploitation of another's credulity. Okay, so it's a lot. I understand. Um, I wanted to bring the catechism into this because I think it's important for people to understand that um, these are not just words. These are not just suggestions. This is what our faith teaches us. Um, So examples, um, which some are listed here, but examples of occult activity would be horoscopes and astrology, superstitions, because superstitions is, um, being superstitious is a departure from worship, um, to God. And what we are is we're, we're kind of putting our faith and our worship into something else. Um, witchcraft, um, which, which is kind of in its own category altogether. Um, hypnosis, um, which were, which in using to discover past lives, for instance, some people, there's questions about, um, there's not a specific teaching with hypnosis, um, you know, as to how it relates to helping 
someone through therapy, um, weight loss, or, or um, maybe they were uh, sexually assaulted or something of that nature. But we just in caution, stay away from it. Um, because generally, um, that is, is there's discovery there that goes outside of what we should be practicing. The Ouija board, which many of you know about already, uh, tarot cards, palm readers. Um, so you kind of get the idea of, of where we're going with this. So, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I just, I like to read my horoscopes. It's fun. I don't believe it. It's not a big deal. And I was one of those people. (laughs) Um, I think what happens is the evil one knows that our weaknesses in humanity and, and that we can be dismissive of things. And, um, not that we should be overly fearful because if we trust in the Lord and we're doing the right thing, then there's nothing to really fear. But, um, by being dismissive and saying, oh, you know, it's, it's just for fun. Oh, I went to get my tarot cards read just for fun or a palm reader read my palms, but I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. Um, but it's, you're still, that's still a potential door that you're opening. You do not know, you know, that palm reader, you do not know that palm reader's intentions even like what, what are they doing? They could be cursing you. They could be saying something. They could, they could have some kind of demonic influence in their life. We don't know these things. So we're putting ourselves already in a, in a risky situation. But on top of it, we're putting our faith in something that turns us away from, from God. We're putting, um, we're putting our trust in our desires of the future and of getting the answers. And um, we're, we're bringing that to somebody else when really we're supposed to uh, trust in the Lord in good and bad times, right? Like it's not, our life isn't always going to be good. We're going to have difficulties. But even in those times, instead of going to a source that's going to maybe pacify us or make us or take us away from this world, um, is, is removing our faith in the Lord and that he's, he's covering us even in our difficult times. So, um, I think the best way to approach this is to um, give you some of the examples in my life where I allowed this to happen and how that ended up affecting me um, later on. So I always, you know, and if you've listened to my story, I think you know that I've had um, sexual abuse and things have happened in my life. And so there was a fascination with um, occult type activities because I was looking for ways to um, remove myself from reality. And when I was really young, I was, and I was in Catholic school, which is funny. I mean, funny, but not funny. It's ironic, I guess, to say like I'm in Catholic school for what I'm about to tell you. But um, I was in Catholic school and some of my friends, when we were young, we would sleep over this, this one friend's house and it was close to this really creepy cemetery. So that was the first thing that struck me. Um, But we used to try to hypnotize each other. And at first we did it for fun, but then this house that I would go to, the, they had crystals and they had these other things. And um, so we were using things that I, I didn't know were harmful at the time because obviously I was naive and innocent to what really the occult was. But for someone who would be practicing, practicing this seriously, this would all, I guess, make sense. Um, but there was this one girl in particular who was... Um, she was kind of weak-minded and we always wanted to hypnotize her because she, something would happen when we would hypnotize her. Now, 
in the beginning we thought she was joking but then a situation happened where we were um trying to prompt her to laugh or to to joke or whatever and she was um not responding and um it was enough to scare us to stop doing it because something weird was happening and we didn't expect it um so we stopped um but then because that that kind of opened that door of interest and fascination then um another time when we all got together we decided we were going to do a séance now imagine these grade school kids who've never I've never been exposed to something like this I maybe maybe I've saw it on TV I don't even know like you know in in like a a movie or something you know um but we gather around the table and we shut all the lights off um and you know we're we're all with us um our I think our I want to say our palms were on top of the table or under the table I can't remember but palms touching the table um and we had like a candle or whatever and I'm not going to go into all the specifics but um and we started asking questions and and looking to basically conjure up someone who was who who had already died um and something happened and there was there was a response and an activity that happened and again someone thought someone was joking and we're like oh that's you but then we settled back down and continued and it happened again so um we all kind of got scared and you know it was always like that challenge with each other as kids like oh come on you're scared and you know like kind of encouraging each other to one up the other one and and I'm not scared you're scared type of thing and um so we were doing that so we so we would um push the limits you know as far as we could but it got to the point where we were scared enough that we stopped again and that was that was kind of the end of that scenario. Um, then later on when I was involved in this situation with this person where, um, that I was being raped, um, by him, um, we would meet in this cemetery. Um, and sometimes we, he would, things would happen in the cemetery. Um, and again, I don't want to go in, I don't want to give more information than, than is necessary, but, but, but he, he would do things in the cemetery to me, um, sexually. So, um, but the cemetery had a lot of, um, I found out many years later, had a lot of, um, occult practices happening. There was Satanists that were in that cemetery, um, and some other things that happened. And so, um, it was revealed during some of my sessions that, something had attached to me in there. Um, so, so I guess where it's a beautiful thing that you can go to a cemetery and pray for those who have died. And, um, and, and I think that's lovely to do that. And and we try to do that, especially during November. I think if you're going into the cemetery and performing, um, sinful acts or, or things that are harmful, you're definitely going to put yourself um, in a position of opening yourself up to, to evil. Um, and of course I, I, I was being told that it's fine. There's nothing wrong with this. Um, you know, so, so naively, I, I guess I was just going along with it. Plus there was the control of the situation, um, of being under this person's control of being told to do this. And, um, and so it led me into those situations. Um, Another thing was 
um, palm reading. I was, you know, I, I don't even remember the first time I had it done, but someone said, oh, just come do it. It's fine. And so I went and, um, and then after, after I had my palms read, I was, um, obsessing over it. Like, oh, this is going to happen. And again, cause you have to realize the state of my emotional and mental state at this point in my life was that I was trying to detach myself from reality as much as possible. And so anything that would give me a different sense of reality or change my reality, um, I would cling to. And so this idea of, of something being different, of my life being different, um, made me obsessive. And again, with the horoscopes and reading the horoscopes and, and just obsessing over with, the, and, you know, kind of almost fitting myself into whatever the horoscopes were saying. Um, I think the biggest change for me came when um, we used the Ouija board, though. Excuse me. Um, so I touched on this in, in one of my other episodes, but what happened was um, this was this was a short time after I had had my abortion. I was definitely weak-minded. There was a lot of these other things that had been kind of sitting on me that I had never confessed, never never tried to remove from my life. And um, we used the Ouija board. It was late at night. Um, it spelled something out. Um, it did it more than once. And after we promised that we weren't moving it, and it... it, it it's kind of hard to explain. There was like a, um, there was like a sensation in the the piece that was moving, almost like electric, um, and moved very quickly. So, um, yeah, it was terrifying, but I wasn't terrified at the time. Terrifying, even just saying it now, is terrifies me to even think about it. Um, but after that incident, um, well, there was that incident, and then I think we did it again soon after that. But things started happening in this house, and furniture had moved. Uh, I had broken a broken mirror. The water would turn on and off. The TV would turn on and off. Um, footsteps in the basement. Um, one night we were sitting in my, my sister's room and we saw a, a, a shadow of a person turning the corner. Um, just strange things. And I don't know why, but for some reason, we kind of suppressed it and and made an excuse for these things. Like, oh, it's, and I think I referred to this before. Oh, you know, we're on the site, a historical site, and it's probably just unsettled ground and blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> and so here I am, like just missing these things that to most normal people would be, you know, terrifying. Um, and then I started having periodic dreams um, that were like de- demonic in nature. Um, the first one I had, I was being, um, it was like I was awake, kind of, like I was coming out of sleep, but I felt something holding the back of my neck and pushing it down into my pillow. And I was paralyzed. And at this point now I'm awake because I can feel my heart beating really fast. And and I, I briefly opened my eyes. And because I, I couldn't quite connect what was happening, I I was so afraid I took the blanket and put it over my head and I was just, you know, praying like, God, please make this go away. Make this, and, and it's interesting that here I am praying to God when I'm, when I'm really, really scared of something, even though God isn't really part of my life very much at this point. Um, and finally I felt this release and um, I kind of just put it aside. I, I mentioned it half joking to, well, my fiance at the time and, and, um, but didn't really think too much of it. 
and then another time I had a dream, um, where I was this, at this point I was already married and where I was praying, um, for some reason we were praying in our living room and the, and, and, but the, there was no ceiling. It kind of opened up and, and there was, um, you know, the evil one was kind of floating above me. And as I was praying, he was mocking me and he was saying to me, that's not going to help you. What do you think you're doing? Um, and just harassing and mocking me and trying to tell me that my prayers were not going to help me. Um, which interiorly, because I believed at that point that God just despised me so much, like was just tolerating me, tolerating me at this point, I believed what he was saying. I was like, oh my gosh, he's actually right. You know, why am I praying? Like, this isn't helping. Um, terrifying. And then, and then I would have some more down the road. Um, but these were, this became a pattern and, um, and I think what was happening was I was, um, I was being um, harassed and broken down and weakened and afraid. And, and I think he was trying to push me from reaching out and asking the Lord for help. So um, another thing was um, when I was pregnant with one of my children, I let someone read my tarot cards and um, didn't really think much of it at the time. Now, if I can't recall what was said. I just remember it was something significant to, um, to my life. And I remember being kind of, you know, freaked out by it. And I just kind of suppressed it. I didn't tell my husband cause he would have been very upset with me because he was unlike me. He was like, you don't do this stuff. Don't even read horoscopes, you know, keep, don't even bring those books in the house, whatever. Um, so, but I would find out through one of my, um, in, in one of my earlier sessions that when I had my tarot cards read and I was, and I was pregnant, I was pregnant with the same child who went through an oppression. And so, um, it was very hard for me to forgive myself for where I felt that I was responsible for opening that door in his life, because here I am opening the door to the occult as a pregnant mother who's supposed to be, you know, protecting her child, keeping, keeping her child, um, secure and safe and, and asking the blessed mother and, and God and St. Joseph, all of them to just to, to lay protection over me. And I was opening myself up to the demonic and saying, yeah, I'll read my tarot cards and, and putting him in that position of, um, you know, of, of being opened as well. And so, um, and, and that would turn into a much deeper story, but, but, but some of, we believe now some of that oppression that came, came through my pregnancy. Um, so if you're kind of getting the pattern here, what, what I think is important to relay is that the, the choices that we make have consequences and going to confession relieves those consequences, brings us back into a state of grace, brings us close to the Lord again. But we're supposed to do that and then and then with an effort to not do it again. But when we don't bring it to the Lord and it doesn't remove the consequences, that the 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 demonic, the the evil one is very legalistic. So so if you have that invitation, and I know I said I would talk about the invitation 
some of that invitation was by me opening these doors to these occult activities, I was inviting evil into my life because I was doing it and then I wasn't shutting the door. I was leaving it cracked open. And so I was inviting in the evil one. I didn't know this necessarily. I wasn't, it's like, I I think something deep within me knew, like, I feel a little weird about this, but it wasn't enough because I was so damaged and so hurt and so broken by my life that, um, it was like a separation of like, it was me as this person and then me as this person I'm supposed to be. And so those consequences, you know, I had to pay for them at some point. And and I did, because what I did was I continued to leave that door open and weaken myself and invite him into my life in more places. And then, and then reject God by not going to sin, staying, um, you know, being out of grace, having mortal sin on me, um, and just this complete rejection of God, which obviously is what the evil one wants. He wants us to basically spit in the face of the Lord, right? And that's what we do when we live in mortal sin, when we receive him in mortal sin, when we um, reject his, his graces and his mercy, um, when we deny the Holy Spirit. I mean, these, this is all ways that we're spitting in the face of the Lord. So, um, and of course... Satan takes much pleasure in this. So, um, so that was happening. But another thing that was revealed even into my sessions was that curses are real. So when we say things sometimes, and, and many of us say it very flippantly, like, I wish he would go to, you know, this place or, or saying go to, you know, that place. And I'm not going to say it because I, I won't even say the words, but when we say those little curses like that, even though we're upset and we don't think we mean it, that's kind of like, you know, when a dog is laying on the floor and they hear something in the distance and their ears pop up, that's kind of what happens like with demons. It's like, we don't really mean it, but when we say it, it's like, boop, they're, they're paying attention. So now it's like their little feelers are out like, ah, okay. And so now it's, it's, I'm listening. What else do you have for me? And, um, and we have to take that. We have to, we have to take that back. Um, we should never wish something evil on somebody else. Um, it is, it, 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 it could come back and, um, and it, and it had, it, it did come back, um, for me. In fact, it was exposed during, um, some of my sessions that, um, there was, um, witchcraft and a curse put on our family, uh, many years ago. And so I had to, I had to break that generational sin. I had to, um, you know, renounce, reject, repudiate that this, the sin of, um, the spirit of witchcraft. Um, I had to renounce, reject, repudiate the spirit, um, of Freemasonry. Um, uh, these are, these are things that are all attached to, to occult behavior. So, um, so, that being said, how do, how do we go forward? So first of all, I don't want to put panic in people because most people are not going to be in, in this devastating of a situation. However, we do need to make very intentional, conscious choices about things. So we can't live a life of Christ and be halfway in. So I can't say, yes, I'm faithful. I go to church. I pray. I, I go to confession. I do all these things. But yeah, I mean, I read my horoscope. So what? It's fun. I don't care. It's, you know, I don't take it seriously. You're halfway in. 
We have to reject the things of the world. We have to reject the things of the devil. So um, it takes that intentional effort to reject these things from our life. And if we don't do that, we might not like blast that door open, but all he needs is a small crack. And little by little, he weakens us. He, he finds what it is that we're, you know, where we're most weak, where we're most sensitive, where our relationship with God is suffering. And he uses that. And if it comes in the way of, of these things, or if it comes in the way of pornography or um, addictions, he will find that and he will continue to push that door further open. So we have to stop it before it starts. And if we've started it, we need to stop it immediately. Um, Again, we can't be halfway in. We can't look at things with a joking attitude, but then really what we're saying is, okay, okay, Satan, I don't like you, but yeah, I'm, I'm not taking this seriously. He doesn't care. Like he doesn't care how we take it. He only cares that we're paying attention and he's going to use that against us. So, um, so yeah, shutting it off, TV, you know, movies, books, things, things that open up those, those doorways, those portals, you know, um, we need to stop them. We also need to um, protect ourselves. There's people in the world that want to harm us sometimes. And so always like what we'll do is um, when we're out, for instance, in, in a restaurant eating, we, we bless our food. I sprinkle a little bit of exercise salt into my food. I, you know, when we pray, we pray over our food, you know, you know, Lord bless this food and those who made this food, um, protect us from any evil. Um, we don't know where people are. We don't know if curses are being thrown out. And again, this is not to be paranoid. This is like, you know, when you prepare for battle, when you're, when you're in the military and you're training um, to go to war, you need to have all of these things prepared. You need to work out. You need to be strong. You need to know how to shoot a gun. You need to know how to, you know, how to mentally handle the enemy. We have to do the same thing because we are in a battle. We are in a battle with evil. And God wants to protect us from it, but sometimes we're going to be exposed to it. So we need to know what to do to fight it. And then on top of that, we need to know what to do to help others stay away from it as well. So we are, in a sense, our brother's keepers. When we do see someone behaving in a way that we know could be inviting something in, we need to be able to speak up to that. I mean, I've done things, and <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but it's kind of funny. Um, I was in I was in one of the well-known bookstores one day and um, they had an entire table on witchcraft, the Ouija board, all this occult stuff. I actually sprayed my holy water all over the table. My daughter was laughing. She thought it was hilarious, but I had um, exercise water and I, I just prayed and I sprayed it on the table because I thought, you know what? I might not be able to stop them from putting it in the store, but maybe this will stop someone from, from grabbing the materials. So it's my way of contributing to, to being my brother's keeper. So, um, that being said, I think this is a good stopping point. I really just wanted to give you some, um, some practical information, some things that, um, some real, um, examples of where the occult can be in our lives and to, to warn you, this is a warning to, to not entertain these things in your life. They are real. Um, it does happen. It can lead you to, to much uh, deeper, darker places. And there's other people who are much more 
um, versed on this than I could be. I can only go based on my experience through my sessions and through my childhood. But I think it's important. Don't even be careful with curiosity. Do not allow yourself to go into those places where you might be weak and the evil one might be able to push that door open. And with that, let's just end with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.